Hello and welcome to Warwick Podcasts. My name is Tom Abbott. The Warwick Commission examining the future of the World Trade System has published its findings following a year-long review. The report makes 10 recommendations on the future structure of negotiations, the role of the WTO, the importance of development and the responsibilities of members to support a multilateral approach. I spoke to Warwick Commission Chair the Honourable Pierre Pettigrew about the report and the conclusions of the Commission. Pierre, we're at the point now where we're issuing the report from the Warwick Commission. How have you found the process over the last year? It's been a very stimulating process all in all. We have here almost 20 commissioners uh, representing very different backgrounds, either in an academic point of view, some of them being experts in this or that. Uh, We had a number of practitioners as well who uh, insisted that uh, we pass the text of practicality. It's been been stimulating. Um, It's been tough because we didn't indulge in a very long report. I mean, longer reports are always in a way easier because every commissioner has his or her 10 pages that they sort of sense ownership. But this is less than 60 pages. And therefore, uh, boiling boiling it down to this uh, has also required a, a, a lot of the difficult negotiations between the commissioners, but I'm very proud of the product. I think it's a, it's a very good product that is will be, I hope, thought-provoking in a way, however, that is quite practical. And I think it will be useful to the international trade community. Let's have a look briefly at um, some of the, the topics and issues that have been raised in the report. How does the commission view the fact that we now live in a multipolar global economy and the, the, the political consequences that derive from accommodating a, a much broader range of players on the global economic stage. That is, of course, uh, the major evolution that the WTO now has to adapt to. It used to be a club, uh, particularly when it was the GATT, it used to be a club about 23 like-minded countries who uh, had similar sort of economies and uh, who were ready to accommodate one another in tough ways. Negotiations were necessarily quite difficult, but there weren't these real clashes of either culture, because we think differently, uh, at 151 members now. It's, it's a totally different sort of approach, and this is why we have a number of recommendations that going in that direction. But the very nature of the economy, you're quite right, is moving from one world economy dominated by the United States and the European Union to one economy in where in which we still have the United States and the European Union as powerhouses, clearly. But we do have the China, the India, the Brazil, the Russia. We have a multipolar uh, world. Power, therefore, is diffused. And when power is diffused, it is a great deal more difficult to, to make it focus on the, its challenges. So the Commission has identified the sense of responsibility that not only the traditional players have used to exercise, they still have to exercise that, but there are new countries that the system 
if we want this multilateral trade system, will require their support and their commitment to it and their ability to make concessions for the very sake of the system, not only to say what's in it for me, but uh, is this is this okay for the system per se? So the new players have to assume these responsibilities. And considering that new that new multipolar environment, does the Commission feel that now is a useful time for the WTO to rethink and redefine its function and purpose? We we do believe that very much. Uh, this report was written. Uh, beyond the door around. This is not a report that has uh, been written thinking that we could help the door around. We hope very much that the door around will give significant results. We certainly support every effort in that direction. However, we have written the report beyond Doha. That is that whether Doha succeeds, which we hope, or not, these recommendations are to help the system beyond Doha. We do believe that the decision-making process, for instance, consensus-based, as we used to call it, we really mean unanimity-based, because it's more than a consensus, has given a sense that uh, every member believes they have a veto. And some countries sometimes, because of that veto, uh, or sense that they have a right to veto, will will place excessively stubborn for uh, for their own sake, in my view, and in the view of the Commission. We, we, we believe very much that we have to move beyond this consensus slash unanimity decision-making process uh, to where, where, where we would adopt a critical mass approach to decision-making. That is that we can move with the members when they are in sufficient numbers on a particular issue, leaving it open to other members to join in down the line should they change their mind uh, or not. But it will be their prerogative. So nobody is left out. You may choose not to join in a particular agreement, but if there is a critical mass, we can move on. So that will withdraw this sense, eliminate this impression that some people have a right of veto on everything. Same with the single undertaking that has uh, been uh, adopted. That is that we can only move if all members, 151 of them, agree on everything that is negotiated all the time. makes it very difficult to get a conclusion. And this is why the rounds tend to be longer and longer. So we do believe that the whole single undertaking approach needs to be revisited by the membership as well. What's the Commission's feeling and, and response to the issue that we certainly in, in, in industrialised countries that we are seeing increasing opposition to multilateral agreements? Yeah, most unfortunately... Uh, there is a waning of support in the industrialized country. We've seen it with the huge demonstrations of a few years ago. I think that uh, opposition uh, is less vocal these days, but definitely the support for the regime uh, has been uh, has been has been lowered in the last few years. Uh, be maybe because of the emergence of Asia, maybe people feel threatened in our own economies here. My view is that governments have a very particular responsibility here. I was a member of a government that supported very 
openly the WTO. Uh, Prime Minister, myself as Minister for Foreign Affairs and International Trade, uh, I, I, I know I have many cartoons from my career, uh, you know, with my, my face saying, I love the WTO. Well, I believe trade ministers should stop blaming the WTO. Oh, I've been forced, my arm has been twisted, and I reluctantly accepted this. Very often, reforms that the GATT WTO system has imposed on countries, most of the time, have been necessary for the very country. But it's easier for a politician to say, well, I'm so sorry of this consequence on this or that industry, but the WTO forced me to do it. Whereas we know that that was the right thing to do. So we're looking for a scapegoat in order not to assume our responsibilities. My view is that uh, governments have to demonstrate more clearly that the WTO is, is being a positive organization for our countries and stop using it in order to take the blame for the decisions that we know there were the right decisions that we had to make for the improvement of our industrial base in our own country. But how do we make sure that we keep governments and, and the major players engaged in the process? And how do we resolve the issue that certain parties perhaps at the moment don't necessarily see their interests as being supported um, by the trade regime? How do we make sure that people that the major players, that the, the, the new emerging markets see that the trade regime is, is fair and equitable? Well, access is a very important element, and uh, the, 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 the Commission is having a certain number of recommendations to improve the access, particularly of smaller and poorer countries. So much is going on in Geneva at the WTO and around the WTO. And some countries do not have the resources. Some countries do, cannot even afford to have an embassy in, uh, at the WTO to monitor all these committees, all these sectoral negotiations. Very difficult for them to know what is in their best interest. So to, we have to make sure that uh, that access to information, access to the tables of negotiations uh, is, is improved. Same with the, the, the legal. Uh, trade lawyers can be expensive for certain cases and certain causes. We have to make sure that that does not become uh, an impediment or an obstacle for some uh, smaller countries to be able, when they have a good cause, to move on and, and, and have it. Some improvements have been made on, on, uh, in that direction uh, under the leadership of Pascal Ami, the Director General of the WTO. Certainly transparency has been substantially improved. There is room for more improvement. So I would say transparency uh, access to the different uh, rights that we have there and dissemination of information, making it accessible to, to all countries would be a good starting point. And what are the Commission's observations on, in terms of dispute resolution? Obviously, that has been the jewel in the crown. I mean, uh, if there is one thing that the WTO has been very successful at is the dispute uh, settlement mechanism. Our view definitely is that this very strong point of the WTO needs to be further strengthened, but certainly maintained. It has been able to be respected by all members, small and, 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 and others. Where we are recommending an improvement is that um, the dispute settlement mechanism go to 
or allow the possibility for cash payment instead of only um, punishment in, in, in trade terms. You know, right now it's very difficult to tell a, 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 a trade minister of a country, you have this retaliatory authority because you won in the dispute settlement um, body, but you have the permission to stop the trade with them in this and that other sector. I mean, I was faced with that. I had trade authority from the WTO to retaliate against some trade partners because Canada had won. In some cases, I have never in my five years used it because I was the minister for trade and I didn't like to kill trade. So now the, 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 the Warwick Commission is recommending that the WTO allows for cash payment by the party that has lost at the dispute settlement. And that cash payment will make the government doing the sort of unfair trade practices think twice because a cash payment is a cash payment. It costs money. And uh, the other country will ask for that cash payment to be delivered, whether than some many times I had trade retaliatory authority permission from the WTO and didn't use it because I didn't want to harm trade in some other sectors. So I do believe that this is uh, a, a very constructive recommendation of our Huawei Commission. If the Commission fully believes in a multilateral future, what are the recommendations on how we tackle the proliferation of preferential agreements? Indeed, uh, far too many uh, and not all of the same quality. So our, our commission does believe very much that um, the disciplines around these uh, regional uh, arrangements or, or preferential arrangements sometimes that are not at all regional but that will go and reach partners from from vast geographical distances have to be disciplined far better by the WTO basically the, there's the old article 24 um, that needs to be revisited at the very least implemented but strengthened and clarified we believe that uh, industrialized countries between themselves should refrain from such preferential arrangements. We believe that the new emerging economies should assume their responsibilities as WTO members and also refrain from entering into these preferential arrangements and insist on the multilateral trade system. So we're inviting people here to responsibility uh, and to make sure that they invest what they have to invest in terms of, of um, trade commitments they're ready to make into the multilateral regime rather than one-on-one uh, -on -one deals that uh, leave so many other people behind, particularly the smaller and weaker economies that don't have much influence or much power in individual bilateral or trilateral negotiations because they don't all have all that many cards in their hands to offer. We, we believe that regional or preferential arrangements give too much sway to the bigger major economies that have more cards to play in those negotiations. And therefore, um, we, we should discipline these uh, in a far more rigorous way and and we're inviting you know most players to refrain from them i suppose one of the reasons why people are 
looking towards preferential agreements is the fact that the process of negotiation has been so long, it's, it's actually quite difficult to get agreement through the WTO as it's currently structured. Can an organisation like the WTO actually respond quickly enough to changing commercial and political concerns? Things tend to move very quickly, don't they? Yes, they do, and the motivation for these uh, preferential arrangements are, are, are probably related to the slow progress of the uh, present round. But, you know, it's a chicken and egg thing, you know. If we put the uh, emphasis on this multilateral regime, maybe that will go faster instead of proliferating or dispersing your uh, trade abilities in all kinds of directions. It's really a chicken and egg thing. And the Commission firmly believes that the priority at this moment has to be the multilateral trade regime. Does the Commission believe that we can reach a situation where national, regional, political interests um, tie into that multilateral vision? Can we ever reconcile those sort of local concerns to the need to buy into a global economic system? Uh, yes, the fact of living in a global economy requires a different kind of discipline on the part of the national governments. In my view, one of the big challenges here is the redistribution capacities of national governments. When you make a commitment at the WTO to 150 other members of the WTO, clearly all regions of your country will not benefit in the same way. There will be costs in certain parts of your country. It is important that both the WTO and, and the uh, multilateral trade regime and the national governments can engage into redistribution of wealth and redistribution between those who, 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 who gain and those who lose of these concessions we are making. So the whole redistribution that has not being as well played by national governments or by the regime, uh, multilateral trade regime in the last few years, be enhanced. Redistribution is the key here so that people believe they can make the concessions and compensate those to whom the concession costs more. Development's been a very important part of the Doha negotiations. What observations have the com has the Commission made about how the WTO and the World Trade Regime needs to tackle the issues around development? Well, we noticed that the whole debate over special and differentiated uh, uh, treatment provisions in the WTO, uh, they've been contentious, overly politicized. Uh, we believed in the need for substantive analysis for these, and that had, that had not been done. The critiques of the special and differentiated uh, treatment provisions have very often characterize these as being insensitive to diverse conditions in the developing countries, often irrelevant to real development needs and uh, over-reliant on, on, on best endeavor undertaking that are quite often disregarded. So our commission has come to recommend that efforts be redoubled to design clear uh, concrete special and differentiated treatment provisions based on solid analysis of development needs and cognizant of the reality that different needs among developing countries call for differentiated measures. Can't, can't, it's not one size fit all here. 
And the Commission commends the approach that has been taken in the Doha negotiating mandate so far on trade facilitation. But uh, we do believe very much uh, as well that we have to accompany this with the and increasing the opportunities for developing countries uh, through improving physical infrastructure and human capital, modernizing and streamlining administrative procedures. We can help countries to do that, and that will help them a great deal. We can streamline administrative procedures, strengthen trade-related regimes, such as those dealing with product uh, standards, for instance. So the whole Aid for Trade initiative should be applauded. But we do recommend that the respective responsibilities of the players here, that the WTO, the donor nations, the potential recipient nations, and the other international organizations, the World Bank, for instance, all involved in this, that we clearly delineate the responsibility of every one of the actors. So there's a lot of work to be done on that front. A lot of very good work has been done so far, but uh, we do believe that it needs to be sort of like crispier uh, as an approach. The WTO is an organization of 151 members. Where does the leadership for reform come from? It, it, it needs to be, come from the membership. I mean, the, the, the WTO is really a membership-driven organization. Uh, we have a strong leader in Pascal Demy, the director general. He, he, he knows his stuff. He's, he's, uh, he's clever, strategic, uh, and will provide the support he can as director general of the WTO. The leadership has to come from the membership. I think the Warwick Commission is providing some very good tools. I do hope that the 151 members will pay attention to the report and and use some of the recommendations. My view is that every one member needs to feel a stakeholder of the organization. I know when I was a trade minister, we had that feeling of owning it. The trade ministers owned the WTO. Uh, we were the stakeholders of the organization. I don't know if trade ministers today would have the same sort of feeling, the same sort of of um, understanding that it is their organization. But definitely the leadership has to come from the membership, either individually or as groups of countries. But uh, we are proposing, uh, as our 10th recommendation, uh, that the WTO itself puts forward a reflection group with a mandate that would be led by either the chairman of the council or the director general of the organization. Uh, I do believe that it will be important that that reflection group, I hope they buy into this recommendation, and that individual countries provide the leadership requires for that reform. You've been involved in this process now for the last year, building this report managing the negotiations around it. What do you hope the impact of the report will be? You know, there is not a huge appetite for trade issues these days. I think people have become very tired of, of, of the demonstrations. They've become tired of, of endless negotiations that don't seem to produce results. What I do hope very much is that 
people will realize that there is now this tool here and will refer to some of its recommendations wherever they come from. There are 10 solid recommendations here. And uh, my hope is that slowly but surely you will hear more and more people referring to the Warwick report and some of its recommendations as being useful from WTO as an organization to some of its members to some academic work that is being done so my hope is that uh, we've worked very hard uh, we've been able to come out with one report uh, there's no minority no commissioner that went straight doesn't mean that everyone agrees with everything every commissioner necessarily cannot agree with everything that is in the report but we are still of one view I hope very much that our Warwick uh, report with its 10 very solid recommendations will become a solid reference for trade practitioners, for a, a number of countries, for all the members of the WTO and the WTO itself. I think, I, I think it should become a solid ref, reference point and maybe starting a solid conversations and eventually negotiations between members. Mm -hmm.